Hello and welcome to the Skytime Podcast with me, Simon Cousins. This is the podcast that aims to share information and experiences within the Sky community during the COVID-19 crisis. As travel restrictions are lifted this week and hospitality businesses prepare for opening from the 15th of July, there's a sense that some degree of normality is not far away, but there's still a lot of concern about what will happen when lockdown is lifted. A survey this week from Sky Connect found that the vast majority of hospitality businesses are planning to reopen. However, the restaurant sector needs more time to prepare than most, with 45% of businesses responding to the survey saying they need up to six weeks to get ready. This has been further complicated by the First Minister's announcement that hospitality businesses can exempt themselves from the two-metre rule as long as they implement guidance to mitigate the risks. As ever, the devil is in the detail, and businesses that have reconfigured their premises to meet earlier guidance may now have to rethink. To discuss these issues, I'm joined by two of the young stars of the Sky food scene, Callum Montgomery of Edinbane Lodge and John Coghill of the Hebridean Inn. Welcome to the Skytime podcast. Hi, Simon. Thanks very much for having us on. Before we get into the detail of running a restaurant post-COVID, let's get a bit of background on you both for those who don't know you. Firstly, Callum, talk us through your journey that took you to Edinbane. I'm uh, 30 years old. Basically. I grew up here in Portree. Uh, in Sky. I started working in kitchens when I was 14, uh, kind of tourist restaurant in Portree. Then I left to move to Glasgow. So I went to go and study professional cookery and also to work at One Demonstrate Gardens while I was living down in Glasgow. I was there for just over four and a half years. 2013, I got the opportunity to move back to Sky to work at what was a one Michelin star restaurant at the time, King of Lodge. I progressed my way from Chef to party there up to sous chef, uh, and then left three and a half years later to take up a head chef position at Ownish Lodge, where I managed to gain through sets there for the restaurants. And I was kind of poached by King Law to go back in the role as head chef. Although shortly after starting there, the opportunity came up to buy Edinburgh Lodge with my wife and my family, although it needed a fair labour of love restoring the building. After that, we opened in August 2018. And since then, we have opened four uh, luxury bedrooms upstairs, which have since rated five gold stars by the AA. Um, and this was us looking towards our first actual full season going ahead right from the beginning with the four rooms and the restaurant running, you know, with a consistent team and us really knowing what we're doing now. And then out of the blue, bang, COVID-19 comes in. More on the impact of COVID later, but uh, John, your family steeped in the history of Sky Hospitality. Tell us about your background. I was pretty much born into the, the hospitality hotel trade. Uh, moved to Sligathan when I was two weeks old from Edinburgh, and mum and dad at that point weren't necessarily involved in the hotel. Dad had just opened a campsite at Sligathan, or was in the process of doing that. But then he kind of got roped into to Sligathan, it was struggling a wee bit, and and ended up being there a lot more than he probably would have liked, along with mum. So grew up in and around that, started kitchen portering, moving into the restaurant, I guess, bar work, and worked there on and off in summers up until probably 2010. By that point, I'd, I'd had enough of working with 
a few less than less than great chefs and was inspired by one to, to go into the kitchen myself and then spent a few years in kitchens across the country from Paris to Aviemore, a little bit in, in Chamonix in France. And then it came to about 2014 and Slayton needed new management and I agreed to come back over um, from, from Bankery just outside Aberdeen where I was at the time and have a go at improving the place. The reputation was okay, but it needed a bit of work done on it. And, and it was just a case of rolling up the sleeves and working very hard. It's the hardest job I've ever done. And managed Sluggyham from 2014 to sort of middle of 2018. And a place that's doing six, 700 meals a day in, in peak season is not easy to do. A team of about 50 of us. So we got there. The reviews improved online. I think there was improved take up from the locals and we kind of got them back on board when they might not have been there before. At the end or, or middle of 2018, I kind of decided that having taken it so far, I want to go back out and learn a bit. And was down in Manchester for a wee while in a, in a big kitchen down there, just seeing how they managed to produce over a thousand meals a day really well, a big sort of German beer hall. And then last year, spent most of that in the kitchen, uh, three chimneys. Having kind of always said that it's, it seems crazy that you've got these amazing restaurants like Callum mentioned, Kinloch on our doorstep, the three chimneys, but not many locals seem to go in and work and make the most of the, the talent that's on our island and learn off these guys. So I felt like I really need to to go and do that and, and, and probably would still be there if the opportunity, I mean, myself and a friend put a business plan together when, when we realised Everdeen was on the market without ever really thinking that it would get as far as it did. But for some reason... Um, we, we seem to get through a few barriers, and and the bank stupidly backed us. So here we are now. You bought the Hebridean not long before lockdown. I take it that's a decision you may not have taken now if you knew what was around the corner. Hindsight's a wonderful thing, but I think we um, we bought it with a, a long term vision in, in mind. We bought it with the community in mind. There was actually a, there was a, an article in the or a letter in the Free Press. I think it was April or something last year. It was from one of the locals in Broadford just complaining that fewer places seem to be offering food than had been before, um, including the Hebridean and the Broadford Hotel Bar. And it just kind of lit this fire because knowing that it's hard work but it's very doable, I just thought, well, why is that place? Why is it not doing food? From the outset, really just wanted to be somewhere that was um, here for the community and a real community hub. And in a, in a kind of strange, indirect fashion, we've been able to to really show that um, in the last couple of months, doing food for the community and, and, and working with them in, in other ways. So, so yeah, we're, we're here for the long run. Don't regret it for a second. And, yeah, a, sm- a small speed bump just now. But in, in the grand scheme of things, um, it, it's, it's not nothing really. But for relatively new businesses, and this is a question for both of you, I mean, it must have put you under some additional financial strain. The main thing is being able to get something out for us, for something out of this season that will enable us to pay bills over the winter, because it could be quite a long winter this year. Yeah, government support's been pretty good, better than I think could have been expected. But yeah, certainly for us, I mean, our pinch point was always going to be about March, April kind of time, cash flow-wise. Yeah, this this happened at the worst possible time for us, just as, as money was, was going to be coming in. But hopefully we'll get two or three months out of the season. There's no mistake about it. Uh, sky is definitely still seasonal. As much as uh, 
people like to put the emphasis on the the season has extended. You know, definitely your your biggest month that you're going to get tourists in, or you're going to get any sort of trade in, really is going to be between the months of you know March now out to probably about October. But yeah, March, April, May, June, and the most of July going, it's, it's going to be a big big hit to to a lot of businesses. There's no other way of putting about it that it's certainly affected a lot of people with the lack of income that's been coming throughout the whole situation. I don't think anybody's escaped that one. But I guess, Callum, one positive for you from lockdown is that you've become a father and have had much more time to spend with your daughter than you otherwise might have during the season. A lot more than I ever thought I would be able to. As John was saying there, you know, you're about to go into peak season there. So, yeah, my daughter is... She's just turned six weeks old today, so that's six solid weeks I've got with her. And we found out in September, my idea all along was that I would just take the occasional morning off. There wasn't going to be any sort of paternity leave whatsoever. You know, you're just going into peak season. She was two weeks overdue, actually. So she was due on the 5th of May. So, yeah, that, the way that I'd always planned that would be, you know, I'd maybe take a few mornings off a week, but I would still ensure that I was there for service every night. So as far as this has been... The whole uh, COVID crisis has been terrible from a business point of view. Uh, on a personal point of view, it, if it was ever going to happen and we were ever going to go into lockdown, it probably couldn't have happened for a better time for us. The other silver lining that John mentioned was uh, the government financial support. What schemes have you been able to access uh, that will help you through? We managed to capitalise on a grant just at the beginning of lockdown. And uh, besides that, we've obviously capitalised on top of the uh, the job retention scheme. So we've always ensured that we would keep on all of our staff. There's no way that we could have achieved the sort of accolades that we have done up until now without the... We've got a solid backbone of the team with a few kind of going in between, um, but just had a very, very consistent, really lovely team and uh, wanted to make sure that we're doing the best by them because there's no way that we could really just reopen out the blue and pull people in out the street and continue what we were doing before and we very do very much want to continue what we started it is certainly a speed bump on the way but we do want to continue where we started and having the same team going forward is certainly going to be uh, essential to that going forward so we we use the grant to kind of top up wages on top of the 80 percent there on top of obviously coming from ourselves uh but then you know that would obviously go towards our utilities, our our rates and our kind of maintenance. John, there's been a bit of a mixed bag on Sky in terms of the the hotels, with some falling through the cracks because of their rateable value level, but you've been successful in accessing funds. Yeah, we qualified for the £10,000 grant, which was great. And that's kind of, as I said, March was the kind of pinch point, so if it wasn't for that, we'd probably be struggling to paid a few of the bills um, that have been just direct debits and like yeah the sort of council tax and stuff like that that you can't really avoid month on month so that's really helped um furlough as well just to be able to keep everyone on the payroll has been fantastic i think whether or not that's extended i think that's quite critical because like we kind of touched on before the winter could be very long this year and the last thing I think Callum and myself want to do is have to let any staff go because the pots run dry and the government aren't giving any more assistance to, to, to your staff. We'll be back with John and Callum after this short message. 
Sky Connect is proud to be the destination management organization for Sky. At Sky Connect, we've been working hard, helping businesses prepare for Scotland's phased reopening. We have a new website, myskytime.com, which lets visitors plan, book, and get to know exactly what's on offer across Sky before they arrive. Why not head on to myskytime.com and see for yourself all the amazing activities that are right on your doorstep. Thank you. You're listening to the Sky Time podcast with Simon Cousins and my guests Callum Montgomery from Edinbane Lodge and John Coghill of the Hebridean Inn. So as we know, you can open your doors from the 15th of July and the government has now given hospitality an exemption from the two metre rule. Callum, what's your reaction having prepared to open with two metre social distancing? We were always uh, aiming for the 1st of August anyway with the hope that this would be reduced down from the two metres down to kind of a one metre plus system like they have in England, which it appears that is the way that Scotland would go now, right the way down to having to let customers know that you're entering a you know a one metre zone or uh, that two metres uh, two metre distancing isn't observed once you're inside the building. So we were always working towards a kind of one metre plus system. I don't think two metres would have been viable for really any restaurant, particularly with the, the sort of style that we offer. So we're kind of a casual fine dining restaurant. So you're paying for the service with us, really. We were never going to go down the route of arriving at the table and maybe placing the dishes two metres away from somewhere and then they would go and have to collect it themselves. We very much wanted to keep the charm and we very much wanted to keep a level of service as part of our package that we offer when you do come to to dine with us. So it's very much a a welcome change for, for us as a business that it is reducing from two metres. John, the government says businesses operating at one metre distancing will have to put in mitigating factors, things like, as Callum mentioned, signage saying you're entering a one metre zone now, face coverings for staff. These things were probably all going to be in place anyway beforehand. But there's a suggestion, and all of the guidance isn't out yet, but there's a suggestion there needs to be perspex screens between seating areas. Is that something that worries you? Yeah, it is. That seems an expense that we may have to go to and then it would render itself a bit useless a month down the line. So a lot of our reopening was built around being able to provide food from from outside, from the food truck in the car park and probably cater for residents uh, inside. The news was welcome and appreciated the other day from the government. I think their hands were kind of tied a little bit in that every other country in Europe almost had gone down to one metre there's also the other aspect of maybe having to gather names and addresses from um, customers who come in for potential contact tracing, which I think is a good idea and it's a good compromise um, as long as it sort of conforms with GDPR and things like that. So yeah, perspex screens, I don't think that's really a route we want to go down. I wouldn't imagine Cal wants to go down that route either. We're all about creating a great atmosphere here and yeah, it defeats the, the purpose of, of opening a, a nice restaurant and somewhere with a nice ambience to have perspex screens between everyone. So. Uh, I wouldn't imagine we'll be opening anything while those uh, rules are in place. But as I say, we're lucky that we've we've got quite a flexible business model in that we can use the outside space um, as long as we need to. And and yeah, we're not in an immediate rush. We want to do things slowly and in line with what's responsible. So I'd imagine there are other kind of restaurants out there who aren't in as, as lucky a position as us and they need to get open as soon as possible. So perspex screens might have to be a, a necessary evil for them, but it's not something that, that we really want to yeah. Callum, would you invest in Perspex screens or would it be at all desirable for your restaurant? 
it's not anything we've looked at. We have looked at putting Perspex screens in in the main areas where there would be face-to-face contact with our staff. So the likes of our bar, purely because that's the main place out front where a member of front house staff would be ordering a drink from the bar. Obviously, there's rules in place that you can't have people hovering or loitering around the bar area, but also at our main reception, as you come in the door, we'd be looking at putting a Perspex area there. Sorry, a Perspex screen there. It's not been confirmed yet because we're still just kind of hovering about where the guidance is at the moment. Like I said, it's still a month away. So you see how radical the changes have been just in the past two weeks. And I, like I kind of touched on earlier, I think the Scottish government and a lot of Scottish restaurants are really going to learn from how England cope with this in the first two weeks. They've got a two-week head start on us. So I haven't seen any restaurants that are kind of doing the same thing as us that do have any perspect screens in between tables. I've certainly seen it in bars and I've seen it in, you know, much larger larger places where they're looking to do, you know, a high, a high number of covers. But for the likes of us, I mean, we're going to be doing 23 covers and it's going to be in a well-spaced restaurant. We're going to be adhering to social distancing as much as we can. Everything's going to be away from face-to-face contact. The only face-to-face contact that there's going to be for the diners is going to be with who they've arrived with. So as far as screens goes, it's not something that we have braced ourselves for yet. If it's something that comes in that's going to be a law, then we'll certainly, obviously, we'll, we'll need to adhere by it. But prospect screens we're just going to look at in our main bar area and the reception area. First and foremost, we'll be looking at England when they reopen tomorrow uh, on Saturday. I'm, I'm a big follower of a lot of chefs and restaurants on Twitter, and everybody's been very vocal so far on how they're you know dealing with the situation up until now, whether they've went into takeaway, whether they've went into dine at home, and already I've been following people on how they're setting up their restaurants, for what their sort of setup looks like. And I'll certainly pay, be paying close attention the next sort of two weeks to a month to see how everybody's adapting and changing as uh, the rules change and how the how the customers adapt to that as well. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll just be using everything as a learning curve, really, for that first month. And, John, does this make you optimistic that hospitality is going to be viable again? Yeah, I think so. In terms of bookings for our own hotel, they're still not fantastic. So that's, that's the only thing that... Um, leaves me without 100% optimism just now that the confidence isn't maybe quite there that, that there was before and people coming and staying in hotels. I mean, you hear that kind of bed and breakfast and uh, sorry, self-catering accommodation is, has been really well subscribed. So yeah, staying in hotels, I don't know if that's a situation that's going to put people off for a little while, but yeah, listen, I, I think like you kind of said, said before, I do see this as being a small speed bump and it's going to take a wee while for our confidence to kind of return, but yeah, long term, I'm sure that as humans we'll we'll find ways of working around the, the problems that have been created by the virus, and and that Sky certainly will return to being a, a strong tourist economy. I think that's a really good point. Is that as much hazard analysis and you know as as much as we can do to assure our customers that it's going to be a safe environment it's going to need to be a collective effort from every restaurant and every hospitality business and every bar to make sure that everybody is adhering to the the guidelines and there's no shortcuts taken really because i'm sure if you had one bad experience in one restaurant when it comes down to social distancing measures or cleanliness or anything like that it's going to affect everyone across the board so it really needs to be from a customer confidence point of view as well as it is from the staff putting that in place 
Uh, I'm sure if I was to go out to, to somewhere and have a bad experience, it might put me off going out for maybe a few weeks until things had settled down or since or when uh, measures would be risen up a wee bit. So it really is going to be a collective effort from everybody across the country, but everybody's in the same storm, but in a different in a different boat. I think it's the absolute best way that you can summarise it. Everybody's got different challenges they're going to have in their own premises, whether it be floor space to table size to staffing levels to the type of service that you're looking to deliver but everybody's just going to have to pull together and then it's going to have to be customer confidence whether they are going to want to go outside of their own home i know there's plenty of people although all these uh, bans are being lifted just now there's plenty of people that are still going to be shielding they're still going to be wanting to dine in their own home so it's really going to be a luxury for people that are going to go away as well because i know money will be tight for a lot as well but yeah customer confidence is, is going to be a, a key key thing yeah, just just another small point, or probably quite a big point, is the the potential aftershock of a maybe perhaps the worst recession the UK has ever seen could could be a slight worry going forward as well. And in, in that, like Callum just touched on, people aren't going to have the, the the income and the money to to afford to come to places like Sky necessarily in the next couple of years. When we see all the job losses that are going on down south, so that would that would be another concern as well. But again, we've recovered from these things in the past, and we'll do it again. Finally, looking ahead positively, how much have you missed being in the kitchen preparing food for paying customers, John? Well, I guess to a certain extent, I've been doing a bit of that the last uh, few weeks. So, yeah, it's, it's been nice to, I mean, we serve 70-odd breakfasts, and to be fair, a lot of it's on a donation basis down here, but yes, yeah, served served 70-odd breakfasts last Sunday morning and in the, in the pouring rain, so it was great to have people coming down for that. And, I've done 50 odd from the van each each night as well when we've been open so so that's been good and I knocked out 270 meals for the community went out today so I've been doing that for the last I don't know 16 hours of the last two days so I don't really I've not been in the kitchen uh, but just in a different way uh, so yeah it's been good I'm looking forward to, to getting a team back in though it's, it's quite lonely doing it on your own sometimes and Callum, I assume that you'll be looking forward to not mixing up baby food and formula and uh, getting back to Michelin star quality food. No dishes inspired by nappies yet, anyway, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I'm really, really looking forward to it. I've always had such a kind of short attention span as it is. I use cooking as a kind of creative outlet. I, I, I love cooking. I love working in the kitchen. I've had to kind of keep myself busy with everything else. I can't sit still really for two minutes, so... I've taken up guitar, I've taken up gardening, I've taken up running, and then obviously my hands kept me pretty busy the past six weeks as well. So, yeah, just looking forward to being as busy as possible once we get back as well. It's um, re- really looking forward to it, really looking forward to it. And just, yeah, cooking for the public and just really looking forward to working with the best of Sky's ingredients again on a large scale. There's been some amazing producers who have kept going all throughout this sort of time. We're so lucky that we've been in the Sky today at lockdown. Like, it's... Oh, 100%. I honestly would not rather be anywhere else in the world than Sky. From some of the advantages we've had here over the weather, by just just even walks around about Portree, by now getting to go a wee bit further, you've got amazing produce here, like getting regular fish from Just Hooked. You know, you're getting Roger Wooden salad leaves in there. You're getting a lot of the local fishermen selling langoustine crab, lobsters, and what more could you want? It's it's been incredible. So, chance to kind of reflect and a wee bit more simplicity maybe going forward and just 
as I always have done, just kind of put a real emphasis on the produce that we have here. So I'm kind of raring to go to get back in. But obviously the circumstances need to be right, and that's why we're waiting to, to the 1st of August. And uh, we want to have the best possible experience for all of our guests, first and foremost. Callum Montgomery and John Coghill, thank you very much, and best of luck for when you reopen. Thank you very much. Awesome. All the best. And that's all for this edition of the Skytime Podcast. If you have a subject you'd like me to explore or a guest you'd like to hear, please email simon at simoncousinsmedia.co.uk. You can also email me if you'd like to sponsor or advertise on the podcast. Until next time, stay safe, stick to the rules, but stay in touch with family, friends and neighbours. Ahivar. Ahivar.